It started with the war. That's how the story always goes, isn't it? It started with the war, and then we left our home behind, and eventually we were rescued by the kind, tolerant Eschians, who took us human savages in and saved us all from extinction. That's how the tale is told, every single time. What they don't tell you is that the actual start of it all is not the war. The beginning of the end dates back and back, thousands and thousands of years, all the way back to when our species were rubbing sticks together to make fire and were just beginning to work out that rocks made pretty decent weapons. No, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's start where we always start. It started with the war. have been at war with each other for as long as we've existed. There are certain things we always fight over. Water, food, money, oil, sex, power. War isn't quite the same when all you have to fight with are rocks and flaming sticks. But we humans are nothing if not inventive. So we built spears and swords and longbows, and then we got a little cleverer and a little cockier, and we began to build guns and tanks and bombs. War was once messy and personal. As we became learned in the art of it, it became calculated and distant. It became numbers and committees and champagne. There have been many wars in our short and bloody history. One of the worst in recorded history occurred in the 20th century, World War I. 32 countries were involved in this war alone and it all began with the assassination of one man. How? How can a species revel in violence so much that we nearly destroyed ourselves over one man? I think about that a lot. Just over two decades later, it happened again, and again, and again, and each time we would tell ourselves, never forget, never again. And each time, we would ignore our own history. We refused to learn from our mistakes. No one knows how the last war started. The only thing we can all agree on is that on the 11th of November in the year 2130, war was announced in more than 20 countries. Other countries joined in. At one point, over 70 countries were fighting themselves, or fighting in the last war, or fighting the people fighting in the last war. The ice caps melted away completely. The rainforest were decimated. Entire swathes of land were destroyed. Millions of species went extinct. And nobody cared. <laughs> Can you believe that? 
We were so wrapped up in our petty global squabbles that nobody gave a shit that the planet was falling apart. Eventually, we nearly wiped ourselves out. The water became undrinkable. The air was poisoned to breathe. Even the soil rejected us, refused to let us grow anything else. The earth was done keeping us alive. Its last act was to try and destroy us for the good of the universe, even if it meant destroying itself in the process. But we're humans, and we're tenacious little bastards at the best of times. In the end, once we'd built the crafts and rounded everyone up, a little over a hundred million people made it to the ship. Thousands more died before it took off, another few thousand died on board, or were less sterile, unable to reproduce. We had destroyed ourselves utterly, for a cause that no one could remember. The last of humanity left Earth behind, in the hope that somewhere out there, beyond the stars, someone would help us. For just under 90 years we travelled, through the vast and beautiful cosmos, and nobody stopped to help. We did what we could to keep our ships running for longer than should have been possible, until all hope seemed lost. But just before the last of humanity was lost for good, like a miracle, the Eschians came. They came in sleek silver ships bearing food, water, medicine, fuel. They let us onto their planet. They allowed us into their homes, their schools, their hospitals. We stopped being asylum seekers and became refugees on Esho. We were safe. We were part of a society. Humanity could start afresh. I was born as part of the first wave of Esho-born human children. We were the first humans to acquire Esho citizenship, marking us officially as Eschians. We have the same legal rights as any other Eschian. We may be different physically, but in the eyes of the law, we are both one and the same. Except we aren't. Humans find it harder to find work than Eschians do. We have different mouths and pronounce words differently to the way they do. We have to wear translators to be understood. We have odd-sounding names. We carry out tasks differently to the way an Eschian does. Legally, any qualified Esho-born human may be employed for a highly skilled, well-paid job. In reality, we aren't. We keep to the grunt work, the unskilled labour, the work that anyone with two brain cells to rub together could do. There are exceptions to this. Captain Mika Harris is the first human captain in the Esho military in Eschian history. In fact, most of the exceptions are aboard this ship, the RIN Starstrider. You ever wonder what the RIN stands for, by the way? Royal Interstellar Navigations. I know. I couldn't help but laugh when I heard it. The Eschian royal family has been dead for 1,200 years, and yet they still feel the need to make a meal out of it. I wish I could tell you that in person. I wish I could say it in a silly voice and make you scream with laughter, and come up with even sillier words to fill the acronym. I guess I lost that chance a long time ago. Captain Harris got here because she's hard-working, because she put in the effort. Dr. Armstrong is here because of her determination. Honestly, I don't even think an entire army could get in the way of her when she puts her mind to it. Officer Gray is here because he's smart as hell. And he pissed off a bunch of Eschian teachers in school when they realised that he was cleverer than all of them put together. And Sasha... Sash... is here because he's kind. Because he's genuine. Because even though he was a mess in school and didn't always get the grades, Harris liked him so much that she let him up here anyway. God, they don't deserve to be here. None of them do. I condemned them to this fate. 
The R.I.N. Starstrider. A human-built ship run by an all-human crew. Well, almost all-human. I can't forget Saf. I was the medical assistant. After all, I had the training. You know how I always wanted to be a doctor, right? I was the lowest of the low. No one would suspect me. Not little old Darcy Eldridge. The truth is, as I got to know them, I half hoped that one of them would work it out and stop me before it was too late. It didn't happen, of course. They were smart, but not smart enough. This mission was doomed from the start. I stole Sasha Kasana's keychip. I took the explosives from the arms locker and placed them around the fuel core. I stole the flare goggles and used the flash from the explosion to give myself temporary colour vision. I was nearly at the escape pod when the rest of the crew caught me. I nearly succeeded. And yes, I was going to frame Sasha. What you need to understand is that I didn't do this out of selfishness. They gave me a chance to finally do something good for my species, and I took it. Please, Lucy, believe me when I say I want the best for humanity. I do. But sometimes, the best just isn't possible. I spent quite a while under the Eshians' tutelage while I've been away from you. And although I never learned to love them, what I realized was this. We destroyed our planet. We destroyed our species. If we go back and leave Esho behind, we'll just do it all over again. It's far from perfect here. But on Esho, with the Eshians to keep us in check, at least we can't hurt anyone else. This way, we might be at the bottom of the heap. But if you look back over our history, isn't this the least humanity deserves? This isn't how I wanted my last message for you to end. Enough stories. Let me paint you a picture instead. As I record this, I'm looking out of a window. Old Earth spaceship windows used to be made of glass thick enough to keep out the vacuum of space, which warped the view and only gave us a glimpse of the universe. <laughs> no wonder we never found any aliens. But Eshians use tempered crystal, allowing the porthole I'm staring through to be cut as thinly as a razor. Through the porthole, I can see the faint spark of a nebula in the distance. Not many ships come out this far. No one wants to go near our solar system except us madcap humans, it seems. And the space around us is clean and pure, like the Eshian sky on a dust-free day. The Milky Way is ahead of us, like a smear of silver against the endless black. It twinkles the way your nightlight used to, Lucy. Even now, even despite what I did, I can still feel it call to me. Like our home is singing for us, like our bones are crying out for the sweet release of the soil we belong to. It kills me to know that I can never touch it. Lucy. If you're listening to this, I want you to go to the window, carefully, don't let anyone see, and stare up at the sky. Pick a star for me. Maybe that bright one we used to pretend was Earth's solar system. If you reach out there and I reach out here, maybe, if we stretch hard enough, we might just be able to brush fingertips. We'll always be together, Lucy. Even when I'm not on Esho, I will always be with you. Always. I'm so sorry it came to this. I'd hoped I'd make it back to Esho, but I think I have to accept that I won't be leaving space. But just you remember, that bright star up in the sky, that's me, looking down on you. I'm always watching, Lucy. I'm always with you. I love you so much. I need you to know that I did this for humanity. I did all this for love of our stupid, ridiculous, warmongering species. Maybe. In a hundred years, a thousand, ten thousand years, we can do better. But not now.
We are too young to go out on our own without guidance. I did this in the hope that one day we can do better. That we can be better. Goodbye, Lucy. Until we're together again, I love you. I love you. And please, no matter what happens, never lose sight of my star. I'll always be there. Goodbye. Message complete. Are you ready for me to transmit? Yeah. Yeah, send it. Message transmitting. Loading. Loading. Message successfully transmitted. Will that be all, Officer Eldridge? Yeah, I'm... I'm good. Thanks, Saf. My pleasure, Darcy. The Pilgrimage is brought to you by Turpentine Productions. This bonus episode was written and directed by Francesca Mylord Ford. The role of Darcy Eldridge was played by Emily Curtis, and the role of Saf was played by Rosie Curry. Original music by Joash Kari, and sound design by Leela Jones-Atkinson. The Star Strider returns on January 2020. Watch the skies. <laughs>